0: G'day everyone, on today's show we review all the action from a bonkers week one. We go over smithy certainties, our fantasy teams, our rookie watch, and a new segment from Daz that's bound to make heads turn. Enjoy, leave a rating and review, let's get stuck into it. Well, if you thought the NFL season kicked off with a bang, the last game of week one proved to be the most dramatic and everything in between He's going to be dissected and analysed on a magnificent level. The gang is all here. Smithy's here impersonating Trump supporters in 2020 because he's disappointed in Washington. How are you, mate?
1: Disappointed in Washington.
0: Yeah, well, yeah uh, You hit oh, the mate. nail on the head. Yeah, I love it when my jokes are explained to me.
2: Awesome.
0: <laughs> uh, the prince is here. Disappointed that his boys let Brady have 84 seconds to rip his heart out. How are you, mate?
2: Yeah, heartbroken.
0: Yeah, and I don't blame you at all, mate. And I'm Daz, whose parents are disappointed in him. So we come full circle, beautifully. <laughs> Fellas, how bloody good is it to have football back?
1: Oh, it's amazing. It was I was like a kid on Christmas Eve on the, uh, the Thursday night over here in Australia because we get the Thursday night games on a Friday morning. So hopefully that doesn't get too confusing for our American listeners. But yeah, I was like a kid on Christmas Eve, Thursday night, waiting for the game. And then uh, the games, the Sunday morning games over in America start 3 a.m. in Australia um, on a Monday. And I was that excited for the games. I actually woke up at quarter past (laughs) two and I had 45 minutes of bedtime waiting for the games to start. So I was that excited. So, yeah, it's fair to say it's good to have football back.
0: It's amazing to have football back. TD, was it worth the wait?
2: Yeah, I was the same as... uh... Definitely worth the wait. I couldn't sleep Sunday night waiting for Monday morning. So, yeah, it was well worth the wait.
0: Yeah, it was bloody unreal. Every game is going to be looked at. But before we review the professionals out on the field, let's review the professionals off the field. Let's start with Fantasy Boys. This won't take up too much time. Uh, Between the three of us, Our Kamish, the People's Prince. Geez, he dominated week one, the beat fella. And he's got a smirk (laughs) on his face too with an absolutely bonkers score. I actually outscored Smithy in week one by nearly 20 points, yet he won and I lost. And he'll explain why in a sec, but the commission got off to a great start, mate. Who was your hero and who was your villain?
2: Uh, I'll have two heroes. I think I, I needed 28 points combined from Josh Jacobs and Hollywood Brown today, and they, they come through and they smashed it. So they'll be my heroes, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: And even though you dominated week one, do you have
2: a villain? Did anyone underperform? Um, not so much a villain, but I don't like that I started Wentz over Winston. So Wentz will be my uh, villain this week, I think.
0: Okay, well, you're having a good fantasy week if Carson Wentz is your villain. Smithy, you chucked out, I think it was the third lowest score in our fantasy league and you just happened to run into the bloke who had the second worst score.
1: Yeah, uh, I got pretty lucky this week. There's no denying that. Uh, it happened a lot last year as well. TD will remember fondly. Uh, he was in the league with me. I think I was 8-1 and one at one point of the year, but ranked fourth last for points scored. So <laughs> I got very lucky last year. <laughs> got lucky again this week. Uh, my hero for the week, It was. it wasn't a great one, but CD Lamb got me off to a, a really good start on Wild. Thursday night and... Yeah, the player was my shining light with his uh 104 yards, seven catches and a touchdown. My villain, and I hate to call him a villain because I drafted him knowing that the start of the year was going to be slow, knowing that he was gonna do his best towards the end of the year and it was a long term investment. But Saquon Barkley with three point seven fantasy points oh just just uh it, it it hurt my soul a little bit. <laughs> but um I didn't have high expectations for him, but he he still didn't get to those low expectations. He went even lower. So it was disappointing, but uh, I'm 1-0, and that's all I, that matters.
0: Yeah, that's it. I almost touched 150. I couldn't get the job done. Tom Brady, will get stuck in him, 32.95, and it tell you what, it was all downhill from there. Everyone else on my roster did get double digits, but only one other player got above 20. Um, my villain... And I know it might seem harsh for a player of his quality, but George Kittle to only get 11.8. Oh, it was really, really low in the tight end position. Logan Thomas ended up getting above 12 and he was sitting on my bench who I think is a good pickup, but uh, big George, I'll need a lift from him. Let's move into the rookie watch. We all took. A rookie wide receiver from the top 10 in the draft for all the fans out there that are saying, why didn't we go down the Elijah Moore route or uh, any of the amazing receivers later in the class? This is what we've gone with. Uh, Smithy's got himself the Penguin. That's Jalen Waddle. Uh, the People's Prince went Devontae Smith and Big Dazzling's got Jamar Chase. Now, the good news, boys, we looks like we've nailed it. All three of us had a touchdown.
1: Yeah. All three boys had a touchdown and all three boys performed really, really well for their first NFL game. So uh, yeah, good start all around, but some better than others. That's
0: it. Now Smithy's got the point system that he's going to explain to us and then reveal the votes. And I get the feeling that if the big fellas got Jalen Waddle getting the maximum, we might have to reconsider this system. And that's from a Dolphins fan.
1: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a completely fair system. I can assure you. So in order to make it black and white, uh, who had the best season instead of it being up to personal opinion, I decided to put a little point system in so we can track these guys throughout the season. So it's pretty simple. You get one point per catch. You get five points per touchdown. You get 0.1 per yard, and it's rounded up to one point for every 10 yards. So, for example, I'll go through the votes now and explain their sat lines and how the points added up. So the three votes, maximum votes, went to Jamar Chase. Uh, So that's three votes to Daz.
0: There's a win that Daz needed this
1: weekend because let me tell you, there
0: are some losers coming up later that would be very nervous.
1: Yeah, so Jamar had a good game. He had five catches, so there's five points. 101 yards, which is 10.1, and a touchdown. So that all adds up to 20.1 points. That's huge. And then two votes, TD's man, Devontae Smith, who had uh, six catches, so six points, 72 yards, 7.2. And then the touchdown, which equals 18.2. And then my man, the Penguin, although he had a a nice game, four catches, 61 yards and a touchdown. It wasn't enough to get higher up the board. So. Uh, Three to Daz, two to TD, and one for myself to start the year.
0: Beautiful. Uh, Prince, how confident are you in Devontae Smith uh, getting up the leaderboard in future weeks?
2: Yeah, pretty confident. Um, He started well. They all started well. Mm. Um, If he did it last year between the the top three receivers, Judy, C.D. Lamb, and Henry Ruggs, it it was pretty one-sided between that. Um, So hopefully these three can keep it close all year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, keep an eye on that with us. Follow along. Uh, Smithy won't be explaining the point system every week, but he'll be giving out his votes. We'll be updating the leaderboard, and that'll be posted all over Twitter as well. Get around us on there at TDS and Threes Podcasts. All right. Oof, this part makes me nervous. Into our certainties for the week. Uh, of course, if your certainty gets up, you are safe. Your certainty does not get up. That is a six-pack that goes into the middle for when we have our Super Bowl party, which, fingers crossed, COVID relaxes, and maybe we can even get some fans along. But the first six-pack is on me because I took Baltimore, and I'm not going to get into how I feel about them because they're coming up in a segment to end the show that needs to be heard to be believed, let me tell you. But the Ravens let me down, and that's all I'm going to say on that. Smithy, you took the Rams, who had a pretty convincing win.
1: Yeah, uh, as soon as Matt Stafford... Uncorked a bomb to Van Jefferson. Uh, two offensive plays in. I was fairly comfortable with the Rams going all the way for me.
0: Absolutely. And the People's Prince. He was a touch nervous when Carson Wentz was announced to play. When he took the Seahawks, but they were clinical in their victory, mate.
2: Yeah, they started well. Scored a couple of touchdowns early. They let the Colts back in it towards the end, but yeah, they they finished him off.
0: So the two experts have started well, and Big Dazzling's going to have a real chat to Baltimore later. So. Look forward to that. Smithy took on Colin Cowherd in their uh betting predictions. Smithy certs versus Blazing Five, and it's gotten off to such a great start. They both tied and they're both under 50%, which is an extraordinary start. Smithy, but you both both went two and three. Uh we can't interview Colin for obvious reasons, and I definitely don't think he'd talk to us now. But we're gonna grill you for a second, mate. Two and three is not the start that we're after early.
1: Not the start that we're after early, but um The objective of the game is to beat Colin. And at the moment, we are neck and neck. So not the worst spot to be in. Uh, Look, I'm going to give myself a little mulligan with Baltimore because I picked that on Tuesday before the news about Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters had come out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll talk about that later in my review of that game. But I think that had a massive impact on the result. So little mulligan there. Jacksonville stitched me up. Washington a little bit unlucky but disappointing and then got the other two so not the worst start but uh I hope to be getting a bit better from here
0: absolutely so that's our reviews done let's get stuck into the games and I feel for the people's prince because the curse of going first the curse of being your team up first is if they lose we really have to start from an emotional place but the Bucks took out a 31 to 29 win And I'll ask you a quick question before you get stuck in your analysis, the people's prints, but is there such a thing as an honorable loss here for the Cowboys or should you be striving for next time being able to beat them?
2: Yeah, I I think they really would want to beat them next time. Um, As good as Dallas played, I don't believe in honorable losses in the NFL, uh, especially in in games where the win is right there for the taking. um, You just can't capitalize. Uh, Dallas generated four turnovers on defense, which gave them great field position, but they only converted one of them for a touchdown, which was really frustrating. Uh, pair that with the fact they had four red zone possessions, which resulted in one touchdown, two field goals and a missed field goal, which was just one of three kicks uh, missed by Greg Zerline on the day. Uh, it shouldn't take away from this Bucks team. who did just enough to win, uh, which is all you've got to do in week one. Tom Brady looked really good, passing for just under 380 yards, four touchdowns. The Buck defensive line was able to limit the pressure he faced from the Cowboys defenders, which, considering Brady's mobility at this point of his career, will be very important for the Bucks this season. Uh, Dallas had no answer for Rob Gronkowski, Chris Godwin, or Antonio Brown, who just quietly, uh, what year was it? (laughs) He really turned off the clock. Felt like 2015 at, at stages with Gronk and AB, didn't it? Yeah, it was really good to see. Uh, they combined for 322 yards, uh, which is something Dallas will need to address um, because at times in this game, it felt like the Bucks could just do no wrong. Um, as for Dak Prescott, he really impressed me in his first game back since Week Five last season. He threw for 403 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, he was under pressure all game from the Bucks' front seven, but you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able to tell. Um, He was not phased at all, stood his ground in the pocket, completed over 70% of his passes. Uh, The offensive line without Zach Martin did a great job, only allowing one sack on the day, and the Cowboys will look to continue their hot start on offense next week when they take on the Chargers, uh, which is shaping up to be a great contest for the Bucs. They're going to face a Falcons team that should be easier to handle than the Cowboys were in this one.
0: Yeah, definitely. And the uh, the Cowboys don't play another playoff team from last year until week 11 against the Chiefs. So if this was the, uh, the dust-up, as they say, before they hit that good stretch, good luck to them. I thought they were fantastic. Smithy, what did you like?
1: Yeah, it was a great start to the season. Um, it was I'll an just put unbelievable it, I'll just, start. I'll just put it that way. Uh, my player to watch uh, in this game was Dak Prescott coming off the injury, and my goodness, was he good. Uh, TD went over his stats, but... I don't think the stats do him justice. Uh, I think he looked even better than what his stats suggest, and to do that coming off such a gruesome injury was fantastic. And I also want to give a little shout out to my man Trayvon Diggs, who I thought did an outstanding job on Mike Evans. He was the only Bucks receiver who didn't have an impact on the game, and he's arguably their biggest uh, biggest star of the of the group. So shout out to Trayvon Diggs. Started the year really well.
0: Yeah, I'm sure Trayvon would appreciate that, mate. Let's move on. Now, Smithy has the Falcons and the Eagles, a game you weren't looking forward to um, previewing, mate, but it's fair to say that you didn't expect it to go this way with the Eagles clinching the 32-6 to six win. How far did Matt Ryan's stock drop?
1: Yeah, Matt Ryan, he threw for just 164 yards and was really ineffective throughout. So whatever currency he has... Uh, It's sure to only be dropping from here, in my opinion. Uh, In fairness to him, his offensive line didn't do him any favours, I don't think.
0: they did not.
1: The the protection was terrible. He was under pressure most of the time. And playing from behind is tough for a quarterback. So uh, a few things didn't go his way. But yeah, currency should be dropping. Overall, it's fair to say I got this game completely wrong. Uh, I went with the home team Falcons. And I was banking on their offensive firepower to carry them through. But instead of firepower, all we got was a flat battery. Um, The Falcons failed to put a TD on the board and managed a measly 260 yards of total offense over the course of the game. Look, the Eagles' defense, who I was rather critical of coming in, they deserve a lot of credit. Uh, They limited the Falcons' main offensive weapon in Calvin Ridley. He only had five catches for 51 yards, and three of those were on the first drive, amounting for 39 yards. So. After that first drive, he only had two for 12 yards, which is crazy. And I think they forced Atlanta to lean on some unproven playmakers such as Mike Davis, Kyle Pitts, and Cordaryl Patterson. I predicted a sluggish Eagles offense coming up against a poor Falcons defense. I got half of that right because the Falcons (laughs) defense was yuck. Uh, But the Eagles, look, credit to them. They were anything but sluggish. Uh, Jalen Hurts was really impressive. He went 27-35 to for 264 yards and three TDs in the air, as well as adding 62 rushing yards on the ground. Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell ran the ball really nicely, averaging 4.5 yards per carry between them. And the rookie, Devonta Smith, uh, TDs man, got involved, as we mentioned before. My player to watch for the game was Falcons rookie tight end, Kyle Pitts. He only had four catches for 31 yards, so it's fair to say he didn't light the world on fire, but the target share was there to suggest that he's going to have a pretty strong season. Uh, Overall, I think this says more about the Falcons than the Eagles, Uh, despite the Eagles being impressive. I'm still not sold. Uh, It's just confirmed my doubts regarding Atlanta at the start of the year. Uh, This is a real nightmare start for them. Losing at home is never good, but by 26 points in week one against a team who is not really considered a playoff contender, that's got to have alarm bells screaming in the head of new head coach Arthur Smith.
0: Yeah, it really does. TD, jump in, mate. What did you uh, take away from this game?
2: Yeah, I I picked Atlanta too to win this one. and I certainly wasn't convinced, um, but I wasn't shocked that the Eagles won. Um, I was shocked at the way they won. they, They smashed them. Um, It was Philadelphia all the way, uh, and it's got to be exciting for Eagles fans.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I uh, realized this week that there are two types of sports fans. Ironically, both of these gentlemen are named Matt uh, that came through one of our message boards. So the first one's come through. He's from Texas. They went, oh, Daz, I heard what you said about Philly, dot, dot, dot. And then the, uh, which I thought you could interpret as half supportive, but the other Matt that's come through from New York just says in capital letters, Sucked in. Does Philly won? <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, I said they were boring. I didn't say they were the. Did I say they were the worst team in the league? I don't think I did. I don't though, think this. you said
1: it. I don't I said, think you said it like that. No, I just, think you I definitely said they were, they were the most boring. I, I team think in we've the league, yeah. all been pretty harsh on them, so we, we probably all should share
2: should share that. But I'm glad it's not coming at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's it, mate. Alrighty, a great win for the Eagles. I'll acknowledge that the Falcons. Jesus, do they have some things to work on? All right, let's move on to, well, the second upset, frankly, and we're back to the People's Prince for this one. He's going to take us through the Steelers getting over. uh, Smithy's MVP pick Josh Allen and Super Bowl pick the Buffalo Bills, 23 to 16. And TD, if a casual fan didn't catch this one and noticed in the stats that the Steelers barely won any of it, how the hell did they pull this off?
2: Yeah, this was one of those games that you won't see very often um, at all. Buffalo had more first downs, total yards, red zone opportunities, and even had a better third down conversion percentage. Uh, But They still lost the game. Uh, This was a result of them being unable to capitalize on favorable situations. They returned the opening kickoff for 75 yards and had to settle for a a field goal after they just went three and out, essentially. Um, Pittsburgh had a horrible punt that put the Bills well into the Steelers' half of the field before Josh Allen lost the ball on a sack from TJ Watt that was recovered by Pittsburgh. They finally put a drive together just before the half that gave them a 10-0 lead going into halftime. The Steelers opened up the second half with three consecutive scoring drives, the third being a touchdown that gave them the lead, followed uh, very soon by a blocked punt that was returned for a touchdown, giving Pittsburgh a lead of 20-10. The defense finished the job only allowing six points for the rest of the game. As the Steelers stole a game they probably shouldn't have. Uh, Both defenses were great in this, but it was Pittsburgh's special teams that was the difference. Uh, I was surprised to see Josh Allen relatively quiet in this game, considering the way he played against the Steelers in Week 14 last year. He struggled with the deep ball, and the offense just couldn't get going against one of the best defensive units in the NFL. Uh, they're going to face the Dolphins in Week Two next week, uh, and they'll be looking to get their first win of the year. Pittsburgh, well, they'll be hoping to continue their dominance on defense, but they would love a bit more production from their offense against the Raiders at home next week.
0: Yeah, isn't that going to be a corker? Now, Smithy, look. The amount of questions that we could ask from this game, but when it comes to your whole preseason, there's only one, mate. How's the confidence in the Bills?
1: Yeah, it was a surprising result. Um, I've still got confidence in the Bills. I think that Pittsburgh defense is something serious. Um, And look, week one's never going to be the smoothest week. And I think they just um, were put into place by the Steelers' defense. I expect them to bounce back. Uh, My play to watch was Josh Allen. I wanted to see if he could kickstart a potential MVP campaign against one of the best defenses in the NFL, and their offense struggled overall. Uh, He lost a fumble. I thought the offensive line play from Buffalo wasn't good at all. Uh, I know the Steelers are pretty imposing on the defensive line, but uh, they need to be better. They need to protect him better, but I think it can only get better from here.
0: Yeah, beautiful. I like it. And we always like a week one victory, so hats off to the Steelers, the Bills. They got the, um, the Dolphins next week, and I'm under no illusions as a Dolphins fan. that that game is going to be difficult last time we played a ball. They tore us anew. Anyway, let's move on. Smithy, you've got the Bengals and the Vikings, the first game of the season to go into overtime. Excuse me. 27-24 is how the Bengals uh, got there. Again, I don't think uh, any of us got that tip right either. Uh Joe Burrow got sacked uh five times and they still got a win, which is extraordinary. But Smithy, my question for you is uh teams gonna look to expose Minnesota's um rushing defense because the Bengals got 149 yards, which is just <laughs> extraordinary.
1: Yeah uh, look, I don't think many teams are gonna be willing to give their running back twenty-nine touches uh against the Vikings. It it was Joe Mixon got a ridiculous amount of work in this game. Uh, So I actually think that the Vikings are more vulnerable in the air, to be honest. Uh, I think the rushing yards came from volume, but in the air, the Bengals looked good. Uh, Joe Burrow returned from the knee injury. He played really well. He went 20 for 27 for 261 yards and two touchdowns. So uh, he was really efficient and The Vikings didn't look good against the pass, so um, I think that's the way to beat them at the moment. This was an awesome game, though. Uh, It had more twists and turns than a roller coaster. Offense didn't really come easy early on, but as both teams warmed into their work, uh, the contest really heated up. The Bengals ended up coming out on top after a last-second walk-off field goal, uh, which was set up by a fumble by Delvin Cook, uh, which is still dividing opinion. On the lovely place that we call Twitter, uh, follow us on TD's and 3's podcast. Was it a fumble? Uh, I thought yes, but it's nearly impossible to tell from those camera angles. So don't envy the refs there. The thing is that the Bengals look like the best team throughout, in my opinion. So whether it was a fumble or not, I feel like the result was fitting. Uh, The bulk of the offense ran through Joe Mixon, as I mentioned. Uh, the running back accounted for 33 of 59 total touches and 150 total yards with a touchdown. This new-look Vikings defense didn't have an answer for Mixon, which opened up the pass game when called upon. Uh, Burrow was still sacked five times, as you mentioned, as so the offensive line concerns haven't gone anywhere, but it was just nice to see him back on the field and playing well. Uh, my players to watch were Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, both with connections through their time at LSU uh and at different stages of their NFL journey. So far Chase had a horror preseason. We spoke about it. He had huge problems with drops and there were question marks on him already, but he came out and the guy everyone and he was the guy that everyone thought he could be. Uh, He had five catches for one oh one yards and a long touchdown. There is a legitimate argument that he was better than Jefferson on the day, who looked prime for a big day with a good matchup, but he could only have five catches for seventy one yards. And not not finding the end zone. Look, despite picking the Vikings in this one, I was never really high on them coming into the season. I only projected them to have a seven and ten year. With an underwhelming week one, was I being generous with that? I think yeah. Mark Zimmer's. I think Mark Zimmer's seat is warming up already.
0: Yeah. What do you reckon, TD? Uh, we'll answer Smithy's question first. Does seven and ten look too generous?
2: Uh, I think I was a little higher on the Vikings. Uh, than Smithy was. And yeah, it's not ideal that they drop this one. Uh, but 7 and 10 seems about right.
0: right. So don't overreact in week one, is what I'm uh, taking away from this. What did you get out of this game, mate?
2: Uh, well, I don't know much, but I know big balls when I see them. And Bengals Excuse coach me? Zach Taylor, <laughs> <laughs> Bengals coach Zach Taylor has got the biggest balls of any coach so far this season. Uh, facing a fourth and one inside their own half and under a minute on the clock. Cincinnati could have easily accepted the tie and punted the ball away. Uh, but instead, they decided to run a perfectly executed play action pass from Burrow to Usama uh, that went for 32 yards and set up the game winning field goal.
0: There you go. If I had a woken up, <laughs> if I had a woke up this morning and someone went, yeah, Big dazzling, now you're going to go to work, you're going to record, it's going to be a great time. You talk about Zach Taylor's balls, I would have been like, Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, let's move Massive. on.
2: Massive balls.
0: Um, yeah, well, you know what, Zach, if you're listening, hats off to you, my friend, and to Mrs. Taylor. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the Lions and the Niners. Now, Smithy, Detroit are a bit stiff here because they were the only team to score 30-plus and lose. But did Jimmy G do enough to be the long-term starter for the San Francisco 49ers? Uh,
1: I'll palm that off to TD because he's got the review of this game.
0: Oh, I do. You do. Sorry, Teddy. That's gone blue on my sheet. That's all right, mate. You can take this one. It's, you've distracted me. I'm still thinking of Zach Taylor's balls. <laughs> how st- <laughs> oh, now I've got to say how stiff. How good is this going? How, uh, how unlucky are the Lions to put up 33 and still lose? Did Jimmy G do enough to be the long-term starter for the San Francisco 49ers?
2: Uh, yeah, I think he did. Uh, the main thing for him is to win games. As long as he's winning games, I don't think he's got to set the world on fire to keep his spot as a starting quarterback. Um, although he's certainly not going to be there in in 2022, or at least the starter anyway. Um, Garoppolo had a shaky start fumbling the first snap, um, or the snap on the first 49ers offensive play was recovered by Detroit. After that, he was pretty efficient throwing for 314 yards and a touchdown. And um, San Francisco got out to a 38-10 lead in the third. Uh, it seemed over for the Lions as they were unable to cut into the lead. Uh, but somehow, after being down 41-17 to 17 with less than two minutes left in the game, Detroit had the ball near the red zone, only eight points behind, with a shot to send the game to overtime. Um, unfortunately, he came up short on what would have been one of the biggest and unlikeliest comebacks in NFL history. Uh, but credit has to go to Detroit for having um, the t- determination to play until the final whistle. Debo Samuel had the best game of his career, grabbing nine catches for 189 yards and a touchdown, while Elijah Mitchell, uh, the rookie, rushed for over 100 yards. Pretty sure it was his first game as well. Um, And that was while Raheem Mostert was sidelined with an injury. Um, The 49ers looked great for a majority of this game, uh, but the final few minutes isn't encouraging. They will take on the Eagles next week. Uh, The Lions use their running backs a lot in this one, and tight end TJ Hawkinson, got a lot of work, which I expect to be a thing for this season uh, due to the inexperienced wide receivers on Detroit's roster, and it won't get any easier for them as they'll go and take uh, take on Green Bay on the
1: road next week.
0: Yeah, who need to rocket up them as well, but we'll stick to this game. Smithy, what did you get out of this, my friend?
1: It looked like it was going to be a potential crime scene at Ford Field, but uh, the lines came roaring back uh, at puns few you, does. Oh, Jesus. Uh, My player to watch was Nick Bosa coming off his injury and he looked back. Uh, One sack and three tackles for loss was a great return. And um, yeah, I can see him having a big season.
0: Yeah, beautiful. I like it. And um, I think Detroit fans, look, uh, no one was really expecting you to go and win, but I think there were things to be encouraged by. And as bonkers as Dan Campbell is, uh, I think they're off to a decent start. I don't think either of these teams as defensive coordinators earned their pay packet this week, but we'll move on. Smithy, you had Tennessee and Arizona, and Arizona decided to just put Tennessee to the sword in a 38-13 to 13 win, which prompts a somewhat serious, somewhat um, humorous question. Is Kyler Murray now officially the king of week one?
1: I think he has to be. Yeah, I think he uh, has to be as well. Hey, hey. He dominated last year in week one and yesterday, or on uh, yesterday, yeah, he put on an absolute clinic. Uh, He was 21 of 32 for 289 yards and four TDs and added 20 yards rushing with a touchdown as well. Uh, He was looking like a video game character running around the backfield sometimes to throw the ball. Uh, It was crazy scenes. Uh, Overall, in this game, I was expecting a shootout, but got nothing short of a blowout. The Cardinals dominated the Titans from the start in what can only be described as domination. Uh, I was questioning the Cardinals' secondary, specifically the cornerbacks in the preview, and they stood up, but they had a lot of help. Uh, The Cardinals' defensive line was insane, specifically Chandler Jones. uh, He really set the tone in the first quarter with three three sacks coming in a devastating 15-minute span. He would go on to record one of the most dominant defensive games in history with five sacks and two forced fumbles. Ryan Tannehill and the Titans offense could never get comfortable and the game was gone. Tannehill turned the ball over three times, including a costly fumble that set the Cardinals up on the one yard line in the first quarter. The Titans struggled, still didn't end with their QB. Derrick Henry was held to freakishly quiet numbers for most of the day. If you had have told me at halftime, Henry would have nine total rushing yards, uh, I would have told you to go away. <laughs> and when I saw that at halftime, I actually had to ask myself if I was hallucinating, considering I'd been up since uh, quarter past two in the morning. He finished with 58 rushing yards and three catches for 19. So not the worst, but he had no impact on the game. While the Cardinals' defense surprised us, their offense gave us exactly what we expected, and that's points. I suggested the Titans' secondary would have a hard time with the Cardinals' wide receivers, and it panned out that way. Uh, It's nice that I got something right. DeAndre Hopkins had six catches for 83 yards and two TDs, and Christian Kirk had five catches for 70 yards and two TDs. My player to watch was Julio Jones in his Titans' debut, and it wasn't an ideal start. He only had three catches for 29 yards and there were some obvious communication issues with Tannehill at times, plus a really silly penalty that backed them up 15 yards. Should we panic about Tennessee? Look, I don't think so, but let's start taking Arizona seriously.
0: Yeah, And that leads me into the question to the people's prince, Are you uh, more high on Arizona after this or are you more low on Tennessee?
2: I think I am more high on Arizona after this. I wasn't very high on this year um, after Kyler Murray. He played really well last year, but we saw, uh, we've seen it over the years: a young quarterback that likes to run does have a drop off uh, the year after they they announce themselves. Um, so I wasn't higher on Arizona, but I think I'll have to rethink that after after this one.
0: Yeah, they'll definitely dominant. All right, let's move on. The people's princes. Certainty were the Seattle Seahawks who went into Indianapolis territory and walked away with a twenty-eight to sixteen win, even with a healthy Carson Wentz. But the question is, have the Seahawks put forth a case as Super Bowl Smokies? Were they that impressive?
2: Yeah, I think any team with uh, Russell Wilson at quarterback has a chance to be a sh- have a shot at a Super Bowl, at least, mm-hmm. uh, especially if he plays like he did to start the season. He was super efficient, completing 18 of only 23 passes for 254 yards and four touchdowns. Um, He was helped out by a strong rushing attack led by Chris Carson, who ran for just under 100 yards. Tyler Lockett was a menace. DK Metcalf chipped in, and they combined for 160 receiving yards. Uh, It was good to see Carson Wentz healthy and ready for a fresh start in Indianapolis, although he didn't look like an upgrade on the Colts' quarterback position, which was fine uh, without being great last season. He had a few nice moments in this game, but too often he was unable to convert third and fourth down opportunities that could have kept this game a little closer. Seattle's defensive line was disruptive and was able to get to Wentz, uh, which was a good sign considering they've struggled to hassle the quarterback in recent years. Uh, Eric Fisher should be ready to play soon for the Colts, which will bolster that offensive line that's already one of the best in the league. And their defense was significantly better in the second half, too. So hopefully they can carry that form into next week against the Rams. They're probably going to need it as well. Um, and the Seahawks, they'll host the Titans in week two, and they'll be desperate to get their first win of the season. And if they can play the way they did in the first half of this game, they, they have a very good shot at starting 2-0 for the third straight
1: season.
0: Yeah, which would be a fantastic result. Smithy. what did you get out of the Seahawks' victory, my friend?
1: Yeah, I just got out of it that they stay on brand and impress in week one. I feel yeah. like that's been a trend over the last few years. Uh, they come out of the gates hot, but I want to see it over the course of a whole season first. Uh, yeah, my right. player watch was Jamal Adams. Uh, he wasn't anything special. We had six total tackles, but the game script meant the Seahawks were playing heavy pass defense, uh, and it didn't doesn't really suit his strength. So, um, yeah, Jamal Adams was just meh for me.
0: Just meh. Speaking of just meh, uh, Smithy took Washington, Daz and the People's Prince took the LA Chargers. Oh, Smithy doesn't look happy that he's got to talk about this, but the Chargers walked away with a 20-16 to win. Justin Herbert was absolutely insane. Sorry, Smithy. Can we get an apology?
1: Uh, No, you're not getting an apology. Um, Watching my second team for the year was something that I was really looking forward to. And I was proud to be standing on the Washington football team hill alone. Mm. But in week one, it did backfire. Yeah. Uh, but no apology. No. The, Chargers mar- the Chargers, the Chargers, matched the field on the first possession of the game. Uh, Austin Eckler scored a three yard rushing touchdown and it set a pretty honest tone. Uh, however, for the next 55 minutes, Washington's defense did a fantastic job, like I expect them to do against the high powered Chargers offense. Limiting limiting them to only 13 more points, Uh, Washington's offense just couldn't carry the load though. Ryan Fitzpatrick left the game early with a hip injury, which, by the way, is the most 39 year old quarterback thing to ever happen to leave the first (laughs) game with a hip injury, uh, which didn't help. Taylor Heineke did a good job managing the game. He was 11 for 15 for 122 yards and a TD. Uh, to Logan Thomas, but the turning point of the game and the one that really hurt Washington was an Antonio Gibson fumble. So the scene is set. uh, My man, William Jackson, intercepted a Justin Herbert pass on their own four-yard line with 12 minutes and 16 seconds left, and they had a 16-13 to lead. All they had to do was go on a good drive down the field and score a field goal, which would have put the pressure back on the Chargers. But the first play of the drive, Gibson fumbled and gave the ball straight back to the Chargers, who scored a touchdown. And the score never changed after that at uh, 20-16. The the Washington defense, as I said, did a good job uh, limiting the Chargers points. But Justin Herbert, your man fully loaded, He made some really big plays, especially late. Uh, He continuously found Keenan Allen on third down uh, and iced the game with a seven minute, 15 play final drive that went 81 yards down the field and killed any hopes of a Washington comeback. I wanted to watch a few things in this game uh, specifically, but the first was my play to watch, and it was Derwin James. He was everywhere on defense, Uh, he made life pretty hard for. Taylor Heineke, uh, seven total tackles and a nice pass breakup. So it looked like he's back to full strength, which we love. The other thing was Chase Young versus Rashawn Slater. Overall, Young didn't have a really huge impact. Uh, he had a nice pass breakup in the last quarter where, he's got, where he has got his hand up and battered down a Herbert pass, and he had one tackle for loss. But I would say Slater gets the points again in this matchup. So it was an interesting game. Unfortunately, Washington couldn't get it done. But um, credit to the Chargers and credit to you two.
0: Oh, well, there you go. I'll take that. If it's not an apology, it's credit. So uh, jump in, Prince. How impressed were you with Justin Herbert? Because it doesn't make sense that this man is only in, I think, what is it now? He's 14th start, I think, came out on Twitter. I'll probably yeah, it that number wrong many. It's definitely not 20. It can't be 20, obviously, because there's only been 18 games since he was
2: drafted. This man's not human. Yeah, I thought uh, Herbert and the Chargers looked good on offense, uh, and they were able to move the ball a little easier than I thought they would. Washington were able to force two turnovers on back-to-back red zone opportunities, but were unable to capitalize on them. Uh, the first led to a missed field goal, while the second was very short-lived. As The following play, the football team handed the ball right back after the Gibson fumble, which uh, Smithy touched on. Uh, and that's just inexcusable um, at any time of the game. But especially on a drive like that, first play, you had the lead and, and you just gave him the ball right back. And it led to the game-winning touchdown from LA.
0: Yeah, it definitely did. So the Chargers start 1-0. and oh, So that is now the... No, it's gone for me. I had a stat, but it's gone off my phone. So I'm not going to try and guess because that would be a waste of everyone's time. Let's move on to Smithy's Panthers, who... Uh, one and zip after a low-scoring win over the Jets, Smithy. The floor is yours, mate. What did you love about the first up win?
1: Yeah, I'll start by saying that I was always pretty confident that my Panthers could start one and zero when we got the Jets announced. But the fact that we have makes me so bloody happy. Uh, the thing that made me happiest was the defense. Uh, the first half was a defensive masterclass from the Panthers. Our young stars were flying all over the field and made Zach Wilson's life hell uh, in his first start. It looked really tough for him out there. The Panthers had pitched a shutout at halftime and we held Wilson to only six completed passes in the first half, as well as an interception for Shaq Thompson. On top of that, the offense was humming Uh, Sam Darnold launched a 57 yard bomb to Robbie Anderson And even managed to run in only his sixth rushing touchdown of his career. And let me tell you, it was all smiles here at Smithy HQ. But to the Jets' credit uh, and the credit of Zach Wilson, they came back and made it a game late with new addition Corey Davis reigning in two second-half touchdowns. Wilson showed a lot of guts. Uh, He was standing behind a terrible-looking offensive line, uh, which was compounded by the loss of Makai Becton to a knee injury which thankfully doesn't sound as serious as it was first thought to be. Uh, Wilson was sacked six times with new signing Hassan Reddick, picking up where he left off in Arizona with one and a half sacks on the day. Uh, Wilson ended up with pretty similar looking numbers to Sam Darnold, which is funny considering they were traded for each other. Essentially Uh, Wilson finished with 258 yards and two TDs plus the interception and Donald finished with 279 yards, so 21 more, uh, a touchdown, one less, and a lost fumble. So pretty similar games. But the difference between the teams, in my opinion, was my player to watch in the game, which is a selfish, uh, shameless self-endorsement. CMC was back, and at his devastating best, um, he was exactly the safety blanket that Donald needed, and what i expected cmc to be he had 98 rushing yards and nine catches for 89 yards which led the team in targets and receptions which is crazy for a running back uh it wasn't the prettiest game to watch but both of these teams are extremely young and both have very exciting futures
0: yeah if the game's going to be ugly you might as well win it uh cool stat that i saw uh, circulating on twitter i know they're not the greatest or sometimes when it comes to fans but uh, Sam Donald's five longest uh, completed throws now have been to Robbie Anderson, for the Jets, and now one at Carolina, which is pretty cool. Uh, I'm sure he'll get the other receivers involved in some long throws as the season goes on. Uh, TD, what did you take from this game, which was a bit of a scrap, but we can't be spoiled with perfect games all the time?
2: Yeah, I've said it before, and I'm I'm going to say it again. I love this young Panthers defense. Six sacks, an interception, and only 250 total yards allowed is a great way to start the season. And with a favorable, favorable draw the next eight weeks, if they can continue to grow and get after the quarterback, they have a real shot to put themselves in a position for a playoff spot.
0: Oh, bang. And now words that are going to make Smithy very happy. All right, let's move on. To the result that was probably the biggest case of WTF for the whole season, and it's the Prince trying to explain to us how the Houston Texans, who, are uh, basically uh, have thrown their squad together as it was uh, as it was put on Twitter, came out of um, the Jacksonville game with a thirty-seven to twenty-one win. So we more. Uh, quote, surprised, happy with Houston's performance? Was it disappointing from Jacksonville? What are we supposed to take away from this one?
2: Yeah, I'm more happy with the performance from Houston. Uh, I think I might have overestimated how much the addition of Trevor Lawrence would improve this Jags team. He played like a rookie yesterday, showing some flashes of brilliance, but also making a few bad throws that resulted in interceptions. He threw three in total. and they, they All of them weren't, weren't very pretty at all. Um, I expected Jacksonville to win this game, but I think I didn't analyze his Houston team properly. Uh, they aren't going to win a bunch of games this year, but these are the games they should win um, with the roster they have, and they clearly did in this one. Tyrod Taylor was fun to watch, uh, passing for just under 300 yards and two touchdowns um, and adding 40 yards rushing as well, which was good to see. Hopefully he can stay um, stay healthy for the entire season and remain the starting quarterback for Houston because I think he, he really deserves it, to be honest. All that he's been through, it'd be nice to see him be a starter for a full season. Uh, Mark Ingram had a heavy workload in, the, in his first game for the Texans. He carried the ball 26 times to 85 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Cooks showed he doesn't care who's throwing him the ball. He went for 132 yards at an average of 26.4 yards per catch. Uh, the Texans will face the Browns in week two We're coming off a tough, tough loss, and I think they'll be looking to make a statement and the Jaguars—they'll get their first home game against the Broncos.
0: Beautiful, I like it. Uh, Smithy, do you think this loss for Trevor Lawrence could be a blessing in disguise, given that it's probably his first loss since rock paper scissors when he was four?
1: Yeah, it's a uh, it's a welcome to the NFL moment. Yeah, absolutely, uh, bit of a reality check. And I just want to know, uh, since when were was Tyrod Taylor? the second coming of Patrick Mahomes (laughs) because that's that's what the Jags defense made him look like, seriously. Uh, My player to watch was Trevor Lawrence, and it was a mixed bag. Uh, As TD said, it was a typical rookie game. Made some really nice throws, but also some typical rookie errors, uh, specifically the interceptions. Uh, The defense and O-line didn't help him, but it wasn't the fairy tale he was looking for, and definitely that welcome to the NFL moment that every rookie needs.
0: Yeah, and at the end of the day, he is a rookie. And to anyone out there, and I know we shouldn't really complain about social media because it's everything that we know it is and more. Stop calling him a bust. He's had one game. Yes, it was a loss. Yes, he threw three interceptions. But by golly gosh, this kid's going to be a star. Leave him alone. Let him develop. All right. TD, because Smithy had his back-to-back, you've got your back-to-back here as well. The Chiefs took on the Browns. The Browns were in front for a lot of this game, but the Chiefs walked away with a 33-29 victory. Uh, Was this the one that got away from the Browns?
2: Yeah, it definitely was. Mm. Uh, And the first half, they looked unstoppable on offense. They scored three touchdowns on their first three drives, and they are up 22-10 at halftime. The play calling was aggressive, and the execution was outstanding. Um, The Browns' offensive line dominated the Chiefs' front, uh, made big holes for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Made things easier for Baker Mayfield, who threw only four incompletions in the first half. Uh, the Browns' first drive of the second half was sandwiched between two Kansas City scoring drives. Ended after Nick Chubb fumbled uh, just over halfway, shifting the momentum in this game. Cleveland bounced back with their fourth rushing touchdown of the game, just over 10 minutes remaining. Uh, with just over 10 minutes remaining, sorry. Uh, they gave it, giving giving them a two-possession lead. Uh, What followed next was simply Mahomes' magic. Uh, He hit Tyreek Hill with a 75-yard touchdown uh, in a drive that lasted just 14 seconds. And after a fumbled snap on a pump by Cleveland, the Chiefs had the ball in great field position and took the lead three plays after. Uh, Mahomes played a typical Mahomes game, passing for 337 yards and three touchdowns with a rushing TD as well. Uh, The Browns had a great first half, but couldn't back it up in the second half making too many errors on offense and losing the turnover battle. Uh, they, they're going to be hurting after that one, knowing they had a great opportunity to steal a game on the road. They're going to have to put it behind them and focus on week two. For the Chiefs, if this offense is playing as good as ever, uh, but they're going to need to get better on defense. At time in this one, the Browns were doing whatever they wanted on offense. And Kansas City did not look like stopping them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love them, mate. Uh, Smithy, look, as much as we're going to talk about for – the next bloody 12 to 14 years, probably on just how good Patrick Mahomes is. How gutted would you be as a Browns fan? And we know that the Browns have been a lot worse as a team, as an organization than they are in this moment, but now that they're good. And they're one of the best rosters in the league, is it fair to now criticize them for games like this that slipped away from them?
1: I think when they were in the position they were in, yes, Uh, because it was their mistakes that cost them the game. It wasn't, wasn't um, like they were having to come back from a big deficit. They had the lead, but you know Nick Chubb fumbles, and the Chiefs score. You know you get the botched snap; they score. You know little mistakes like that um, that really cost the Browns in the end. Uh, it was probably the most hyped game of the week, and it delivered. Uh, Cleveland play Houston next week, but lucky for them. Uh, they already game planned for Patrick Mahomes. And seen as Otara Taylor is Patrick Mahomes 2.0, they won't have to change the defensive game plan for next week. Uh, my player to watch was Miles Garrett uh, facing the new looks Chiefs O line. He had a tackle for loss and a huge fourth quarter sack, but overall, Mahomes looked a bit more comfortable in the pocket than last year, which is a great sign for the Chiefs.
0: It really was. All right, fellas. In a word, before we move on to the next game, if you had a new franchise and could have either of these two gentlemen on that uh, in your organization for the next five years, do you take Kevin Stefanski or do you take Baker Mayfield, Smithy?
1: Stefanski.
2: TD. I'm taking Stefanski as well.
0: Uh, interesting to see what happens at the uh, at the end of the season for sure with what happens with Baker Mayfield now that he's on his fifth year option. All right, Smithy. My Dolphins walked into Foxborough in the battle of the Alabama quarterbacks and went, we're going to make this a dog fight. And wasn't it what? With a 17 to 16 victory for the Dolphins. And as cheap and easy as this question is, mate, who won the battle of Bama in the quarterback department?
1: Mac Jones for me. Uh, He looked very good in this one against what is a very tough defense to pass on. Uh, he was 29 for 39 for 281 yards and had the touchdown throw to Nelson Aglore. but, uh, he made some other really fantastic throws throughout the course of the game, including a wheel route throw to James Wyatt that nearly brought a tear to my eye. Go and watch the highlights because that pass was incredible, uh, The second point of difference between me and the two lads joining me tonight and my second L of the weekend. And boy, it was a tough pill to swallow, this one. Uh, It was a defensive clash with both offenses struggling to move the ball with any fluidity. But the Patriots were poised to take the lead. They were down one with three minutes and 35 seconds left on the clock. Uh, The Patriots gave the ball to the workhorse that was Damien Harris, his 23rd carry of the day resulted in a fumble only nine yards away from the end zone when they just needed a field goal to take the lead. Uh, From there, they couldn't get the ball back off tour in the Finns' offense, and the game was over. This is a great win for Miami. Uh, Going into New England is never easy, and to get a win against a very good defense in week one on the road should be celebrated by fans and not nitpicked, in my opinion. Uh Tua made into that. Yeah, Tua made some nice plays. Uh he had a running touchdown and he also dished a touchdown to my man the Penguin. Uh, he did throw an interception late that would have been very costly had Damian Harris not fumbled, but it did bounce off Mike Kasicki's hands in fairness to him. Uh Patriots rookie QB Mac Jones was good, as I mentioned. But my player to watch was the returning star Patriot linebacker, Donta Hightower. He had four tackles and looked okay. However, I think he'll take a few weeks to get back into his work. Uh, with the top three in the AFC East looking a closer race after Buffalo's flop at home, division wins are going to be a hot commodity uh, and the Dolphins have got the first precious one of the season. So congratulations to him and to you, Dad.
0: I appreciate that. More than happy for the uh, the season to be called off now so we can get that home playoff game in the AFC East. Let me tell you, Uh, we'll move across to you. Uh, The Prince is the praise for Mac Jones worth it. And what do you think of the Patriots given that? I think it was on NBC. Forgive me if it isn't. It might be CBS. On one of the sports shows, they had 11 panelists all pick the Patriots with three guaranteeing them a win. Does your opinion of the Patriots or Mac Jones change after this one?
1: Oh, I,
2: I thought Mac Jones was fine in this one. He didn't set the world on fire, but he did well starting his first game. I don't think many of us expected him to be starting week one about a month ago. Um, yeah, I, I picked the Dolphins, but I can't believe that many people picked the Patriots and a few locked him up. It yeah. would have been a close game. I, I thought it was going to be a close game, but uh, I, I wouldn't have locked either team to be honest. Yeah,
0: hence why we didn't, which was fantastic. All right. Speaking of just WTF, we've said it before. We're going to say it now. The Saints and the Packers, TD, walk us through this because the Saints, when this came up, uh, on my phone, I didn't wake up at 3 a.m. with you boys. I had an earlier start at work and I saw 38 to 3. I thought it was Packers 38 to 3, and I went, oh, geez, there's a blowout victory first up. But no, no, Jameis Winston just decided, oh, guys, uh, I don't need to do this whole interception game anymore. The meme's dead. I'm just going to throw dimes in a 38 to 3 win over the Packers. But which quarterback was the story here, mate? The joy of Jameis or the disappointment in Aaron Rodgers?
2: Yeah, he ate a W in this one, didn't he? I think the story is Jameis. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers has earned enough respect over the years to have one bad game without anyone panicking or or worrying, especially against the Saints, who had one of the better defenses in 2020. Uh, Winston did have five touchdowns in only 20 pass attempts, which is not what we what we're used to from Jameis. Uh, he didn't force the ball into tight spots and took what the Packers were giving him, wearing down the Green Bay defense with. There are only three drives of the first half going for nine plays which ended in a field goal uh, and then two 15-play uh, drives uh, that both ended in touchdowns. Uh, it's good to see Winston willing to make changes in his game in order for a second chance in the NFL and I'm interested to see if he can continue to improve under Sean Payton. Uh, but this was a very small sample size, obviously. So, obviously, not going to overreact like a lot of people have, I guess. <laughs> um the Saints were ferocious on defense as well, having six quarterback hits, two sacks, and a bunch of pressures that led to two interceptions uh, that made this game a nightmare for Rodgers. He threw only 133 yards on 28 attempts, which is one of his worst performances in recent history. New Orleans was also able to hold Green Bay to only 43 yards rushing, which certainly didn't help. Um, it was grim outing all around for Green Bay. I, I definitely expect them to bounce back next week. They've got the Lions at home. i oh, Talk about locks. I don't know if I can. I haven't looked into that too too much, but that's almost a lock and a half, that one. Um, and for the Saints, they'll be traveling to Carolina to face Smithy's Panthers, who are 1 0. And I'm excited to see Winston. I think he threw five interceptions in a game against the Panthers not long ago. So <laughs> be interesting to see if that happens again.
0: Smithy, seriously, what the hell? That's it. That's your leading question. What
1: the hell? Yeah, well, my first (laughs) sentence uh, is one word, three letters. Wow. Um, (laughs) I've got a stat for you guys. Um, So obviously uh, QBR quarterback rating is taken on every uh, quarterback who plays in week one. If Aaron Rodgers had have thrown every ball into the ground in this game, so if he had have taken all 28 pass attempts and threw them directly into the ground, he still would have had a better quarterback rating than what he <laughs> what he came out of this game with.
0: That's bonkers.
1: That, that just shows how bad it actually was for him. Holy crap. His second interception was egregious. He just launched it down the field into double coverage and missed his receiver by about seven yards. He was all over the place, but as TD said, we can't overreact. Uh, it's only week one. I wanted to watch Devontae Adams versus Marshawn Lattimore, and I think Lattimore had the better of it. Obviously, all around, it was a dirty day for the Packers. Uh, Adams had five catches for 56 yards. He's never, able, like the rest of his teammates, was never able to get anything going. Uh, Lattimore also had a really key pass breakup on fourth down just before halftime, which summed up the day for Green Bay.
0: Yeah, well, this was just, yeah, I'm still going with bonkers, even though the uh, the two gentlemen have ripped the piss out of that game. Green Bay are ripping the piss out of their fans. And um, oh, i got to respect the fact that New Orleans played this in Jacksonville just because it's, uh, good weather for it. Uh, they made Green Bay uncomfortable the whole way, and um, Green Bay decided not to show up, which was interesting. But we'll move on. Just Spitty. quickly. Oh, yeah. Go on, Teddy. Oh,
2: I did hear uh, something during the week about the uh, Saints thinking of where would be a tricky place for the uh, Packers fans to travel. I don't know if that. I was, was... in air
0: travel. Okay. Yeah. I like, was in like a lot of stopovers.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know too much, but I, I just remember seeing on oh, the that's... internet they. They that's wanted brilliant. to limit the amount of Packers fans coming to that game.
0: That's brilliant. And well, if we start earning millions of dollars, we can just take a half of a women, go with it. Let's just say that's the answer. They had like four <laughs> stopovers. The fans couldn't get there. Some of them are trapped in Chicago. It's, oh, it's terrible. Well done to the New Orleans Saints. That's brilliant. All right, Smithy, uh, the Giants and the Broncos. The Broncos got a 27 to 13 win in a game that was, I don't know, sort of a bit meh sometimes when you got so many games on the one day. A couple fall through the cracks, but I know they're not falling through yours, mate. But the question is, because Teddy Bridgewater managed to keep the ball reasonably safe and allow the weapons to do their thing, will Drew Locke start again?
1: Uh, I still think there is a world where Drew Locke starts a game for the Broncos this season. Uh, Don't get me wrong. Teddy Bridgewater looked good in this Denver offense. Uh, He was 28 for 36, 264 yards and two touchdowns while pretty much sticking a giant middle finger in my face. (laughs) Uh, But I'm still not the biggest believer in Teddy. Uh, He did exceed my expectations from in week one, but uh, I'm still not sold. This was ugly viewing if you're a Giants fan. So if you are, I suggest that you block his now. Oh, boy. Uh, Week one wasn't my finest prediction-wise. I'll admit that. But my exact words for this game were, I expect the Broncos' defense to strangle the Giants and lead them to victory. That's a direct quote from the preview, and that's exactly how this game panned out. So it's good to get one right. Yeah, uh, what I
0: took out of that is you went back and listened to yourself to get that quote. I'll <laughs> actually use,
1: use the notes that I read for the episode, but oh, uh, essentially. yeah. yeah. But <laughs> taking, uh, taking aside the early TD to Sterling Shepard, and a junk time TD as time expired. This was the Giants' offensive day. Punt, 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 fumble, turnover on downs, turnover on downs. If that's taking out the two touchdowns. So, uh, look, it was grim viewing for sure. Daniel Jones and his offense just couldn't get any flow and rhythm going, and the run blocking was nothing short of atrocious. In positive news, it was good to see Von Miller back on the field for the Broncos. Uh, He was causing mayhem on the defensive line with two sacks. Now, I just want to take a moment of silence for Daz's man, the judge.
0: Yeah, this hurts.
1: He was carted off the field with an apparent high ankle sprain. Uh, It looked really nasty, but hopefully it isn't a severe injury that will keep him out because he was looking really good in this game. So just a little moment of silence for the judge. My player to watch in this game was Giants running back Saquon Barkley, who was playing in his first game since tearing his ACL last year. Uh, There was no real clarity around Barkley's availability until about 24 hours before the game, and it showed because uh, Saquon wasn't at his explosive best. Now, this was expected, and I mentioned this in the fantasy segment, Uh, in his first game back. It was expected that he wasn't going to set the world on fire, but uh, yeah, there was some terrible run blocking. It was was ugly. There was no holes at all. Hopefully Barkley can get somewhere close to his best soon, and I promise that that isn't purely because he's my fantasy running back. I actually do genuinely hope he gets back and healthy for the sake of the league.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No one really wants. Well, no one should, not really wants because there are obviously some idiots out there, but no one should want anyone um to have serious injuries, let alone the superstars TD jump in here mate. The um the Giants, it was it wasn't pretty watching. Does it get better throughout the year or do you think they're just going to be an ugly team to watch this year?
2: I don't think it gets much better, to be honest. Um they'll probably find a way to beat my Cowboys somehow. <laughs> Um, This is a game coming into it I I actually would have marked as winnable for New York Didn't think they would win But I I would have marked it as winnable Um, And they scored the first touchdown of the game And then allowed 27 unanswered points And looked unattractive in the process And they've got games against Washington and Atlanta coming up Uh, They're going to need to turn things around quickly Or the season's going to get away from them
0: Yeah, if they can't beat Atlanta I think it's week three I think it's at home too um, geez, there's going to be some questions asked in New York. All right. The last game for TD to review here is the Rams and the Bears. Matthew Stafford's, uh, homecoming in the new stadium, which looked unreal, a 34 to 14 win. So I know it's again, it could be the cheap and easy question, but work with me here. It's only week one. We're only going to get better. We promise. And by we, I mean me, is the Matt Stafford height more, less or the same level of real. Do you reckon? Because Big Dazzling got on him at 18 bucks for the MVP. Just a shameless plug for me and my finances.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think the hype surrounding Matt, Matt Stafford is only growing after this week's game. Uh, considering we actually got to see him in action for LA, he looked pretty good too, uh, throwing for 321 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, but it's a very small sample size and we'll learn a lot more in the coming weeks. Uh, the Rams never looked like losing this one. Good luck by Smithy. Uh, Thanks to their defense, he forced two turnovers and made a fourth down stop on the Bears' first three drives. That's how the Bears started the game, two turnovers and a fourth down stop. Um, I thought David Montgomery was a shining light for the Bears, rushing for 108 yards and a touchdown, continuing his great form from the end of last season uh, where he carried the Bears to the playoffs. Might be a tougher challenge this season, though. Um, Chicago over the past few years have been known for having a stout defense. That was not the case in this one. Uh, they looked lost on deep balls to Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup that both ended in touchdowns. They were able to limit the Rams to 74 rushing yards on 23 attempts, uh, but they couldn't get critical stops when they needed them. Uh, that was, yeah, that was the only sore points for the Rams. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the, the only sore point for the Rams was their inability to have the steady run game, uh, although it wasn't an issue in this one. And speaking of sore points, I know the Rams just recently changed their uniforms, but they're easily one of the worst in the NFL, that white jersey. It looks horrible. Um, Also, it was fun to see Justin Fields in a few plays. He even scored a touchdown, although Andy Dalton was happy to announce that this year is his time. Uh, It's pretty obvious it won't last long. He was no fun to watch, and I think the Bears need to inject Fields into the starting lineup as soon as next week versus Cincinnati.
0: Yeah, Andy Dalton, if it's his time, his watch is broken. Crying out loud, goodness me. <laughs> Smithy, now, I no one on this planet, and this probably includes Justin Fields' partner if he has one, his mum, his dad, any siblings that he's got out there, I don't even think they're as big a fan of him as you are. So run us through how excited you are, A, for him to start, and B, what went through your mind when he got the rushing touchdown?
1: Uh, what went through my mind when he scored the rushing touchdown was, uh, I hope, Matt, some of uh, the stapled Matt, his eyelids open so he can actually see what he's got in front of him for once. <laughs> because seriously, uh, they, they literally, he played like six snaps, I think, Justin Fields, and they probably looked the best on all six of those snaps, and they did all night. Um, yeah, okay. Andy Dalton can throw five yard checkdowns with the best of them, but seriously, you're not going to win games of football doing that. So, Uh, Wake up to yourself, Matt. Your seat is on fire and uh, you're doing your best Ray Charles impression at the moment. Uh, In this game, my lock didn't let me down, so I'm happy about that. My player to watch was Daryl Henderson uh, stepping into the starting role and he was really good. They sort of neglected the run completely in the first half to get Matt Stafford comfortable, but he finished with 70 rushing yards and a touchdown as well as a nice catch for 17 yards. I think they're going to have a bit more balance between the run game and the pass uh, in the coming weeks. So Daryl Henderson's going to be an important key.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I like it. All right. Now, speaking of locks not working, and I'm going to have my beef with Baltimore in a minute. Smithy, we ended the week thinking, right, Dallas and Tampa was an amazing game. What an amazing way to start. Surely it can't get any better than that. Now the argument over better can be saved for another day. I believe this was a a better game. I don't think we're going to have a more bonkers game for a long time than this. Walk us through the Vegas Raiders' thirty-three to twenty-seven victory, and answer the question for the Ravens: Are injuries an excuse, a reason, or are they just irrelevant?
1: I think the injuries are a genuine excuse for this week. Uh, Two of their most influential players, in Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters, got injured. In preparation for this game, so they didn't have a lot of time to revise and adapt the game plan coming in. Uh, but I think going forward, they need to find a way uh, around the big injuries; otherwise, it's going to be a wasted year. This was game of the week, and uh, what a scene to get it—a pumping death start in Las Vegas in a Monday night prime time slot. How good! Uh, the Raiders' offense started horribly. Derek Carr finished the first quarter 2 of 10 passing, and he missed his last seven passing attempts of that quarter. Uh, He looked reckless. He was throwing balls to Darren Waller in triple coverage and looked to be pushing too hard uh, to push the ball downfield, in my opinion. Uh, Vegas didn't have a completed catch by a wide receiver until halfway through the second quarter, which just highlights the obsession they had with targeting Darren Waller. The Ravens took a 14-point lead thanks to an incredible play by Lamar Jackson, scrambling around the pocket before finding Hollywood Brown in the back of the end zone. Uh, The Raiders then found the end zone thanks to Josh Jacobs before forcing the first of Lamar Jackson's fumbles and kicking a field goal to bring the score to 14-10 at halftime. The third quarter was quiet until the fourth quarter came, and this is when it really got interesting. Latavius Murray scored uh, with six minutes left to go to give the Ravens a 24 to 17 lead. Before Carr and the Raiders matched, marched the field, and you guessed it, Darren Waller scored a touchdown to tie the game again. Uh, On to the Ravens, thanks to a massive run by Lamar. Justin Tucker gave the Ravens the 27 to 24 lead with 40 seconds, 42 seconds left. But Vegas got the ball. And in two plays, they were in field goal range. A 55-yard bomb sent the game to OT. Into OT now. And that was even more of a roller coaster, believe it or not. Uh, Brian Edwards' game-winning TD was taken away. It was deemed to be down at the one-yard line. They had three chances to run it in. But rookie right tackle Alex Leatherwood had a false start penalty, which backed them up to the six where Carr threw an interception in the end zone. So you thought, okay, Baltimore just need a score. Can be a field goal, doesn't matter. They need a score to win. Uh, They were driving the field, but then Lamar fumbled again. So his second fumble of the game turned the ball over and Derek Carr delivered the dagger to Zay Jones to walk off uh, what was a huge Monday night clash. Uh, There was a lot going on. So I was impressed with Lamar Jackson. Passing the ball, he did miss Mark Andrews on a big play. But other than that, I think he was pretty efficient. Uh, However, surprisingly, he actually cost the Ravens running the ball with two fumbles that both resulted in points. Derek Carr bounced back after the poor start and the Raiders' defense was impressive. Uh, My player to watch was Henry Ruggs. And at this point, I'm thinking they used a first-round pick on nothing but a distraction. The number of times that they put him in motion running up and down the formation to try and distract the defense and then just blatantly ignoring him was actually nuts. Uh, he had a big completion to set up the, the Darren Waller TD late because guess what, lads? They actually used his number one skill, which is his speed. No. If if you put Henry Ruggs in a place to impact, he will. Piss off.
0: Uh, so... You're taking the piss now.
1: Interesting Monday night game. Good win raiders and suck in Daz.
0: Yeah, thanks for that, mate. All right. T D. Um, no matter what we think of Derek Carr, some people think he's underrated, some people think he's overrated. If you look at our beautiful friends, the social medias, can we at least all come together and admit that he's a bloody good leader?
2: Yeah, he is a good leader. I I have said I've said it before on the podcast, I love Derek Carr. Um There are plenty of teams that could use someone like Derek Carr, great leader, very underrated player. Uh, And this was a massive win for the Raiders, which this season are my second team, because I just love them. Um, They didn't play great at all in this one, to be honest, for most of it. Uh, But they were able to hang in there, get the game to overtime, and probably should have won it two or three times before they ended up scoring uh, the winning touchdown. Um, And as I said earlier, there are no honourable losses in football. So a loss here would have been a massive gut punch uh, for Las Vegas, but they were able to take a game not many expected them to and shocked the Ravens and football fans as well, and Daz, most likely.
0: Yeah, yeah. I um, uh, don't know whether it was a shock. It was just shocking, but we'll um, we'll move on. That's all the games done and dusted, but we're not quite done here. Now, Smithy and I have got uh, a couple of segments that we love, and we needed TD to get in on this as well. So he's going to go over his favorite quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and defense in every review. It's called the TD's Piss Takers. We'll roll the stink first and get stuck into it. I what? can't believe what we're
2: seeing. What just happened? Yeah, this isn't necessarily the best players of the week at each no, position. Just your players. favorite,
0: mate.
1: Who took yeah, the just piss That's wrong. heart? That's
2: the The first one at quarterback will be Kyler Murray. Um, there was plenty of options at quarterback, but I thought, be fitting to have Kyler Murray there as a threat in the air and on the ground. Uh, one of the most exciting quarterbacks in the league and had five total touchdowns. So he's the quarterback for week one. Running back's going to be Christian McCaffrey. That was a little tougher to choose McCaffrey because there wasn't many standout performance among running backs that I actually enjoyed watching. I enjoyed watching them all, but you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, it's just a typical McCaffrey game, a lot of work. He had 30 total touches, uh, just under 100 yards of rushing and receiving. Um, so that's why he's in there. Wide receiver is going to be Tyreek Hill. He had a monster game, 11 catches, just under 200 yards and a touchdown. He's so fast and reliable, and he helped flip the momentum in that game, which gave the Chiefs the win. Tight end, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, he looked like Gronk from a few years ago. Uh, he made some big plays in the fourth quarter, and he's he's got safe hands, eight targets on Friday and eight catches. So that's why he's there. And on defense, probably be a bit of a shock to some, but I've put the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, They didn't set the world on fire, um, but I thought they played really well and much better than I expected. They only allowed six points, three total sacks and nine quarterback hits and only allowed 260 yards, which is about a hundred less than they averaged last year. So that's why they're there.
0: Bang. Now, Smithy, I know it's called Teddy's piss takers, but he could put himself in that slot because he's ripped the piss out of that.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say if there was a commentary uh if there was a commentary bracket, it would be yeah. Tony Romo one and then T D two.
0: <laughs> Absolutely rip the piss. Uh special mention I wanna to put to Tyler Lockett for wide receiver, a bit stiff, but Tyreek was unbelievable, but he took the piss as well. All right. Now, I said to the fellas, now, this is normally where we want to put some uh, some fan questions in. However, a couple of the boards and one of the pages that we post to, uh, I've been muted on for advertising purposes, which is unfortunate. But uh, I feel like it's really uh, cathartic at the end of the week to just have a bit of a rant, get all the anger off my chest. So this is a segment that I'm calling Daz's Dickheads.
2: Dickhead, you're such a dickhead. And everybody knows
0: it, everyone but you. That's it, fellas. Get around it. Now, you guys are going to be involved in this as well because after my rant, you're going to give me your judgment on harsh or fair. All right? Yeah, we're cool with that. All right. This yeah, is yeah, a speaking yeah, yeah, platform, boys. Yeah, yeah answer with your voices. They can't see you nod. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to go. Excellent start. So I'm going to try and keep this normally to a top three every week. But, geez, if there's a lot of things that get me, oh, I could... I could do irreparable damage, but it's only three this week. So number three, uh, I'm going to Twitter, which I'm not going to do consistently. Otherwise my heart will go out, but this is to the tour haters. Now I'm a Finns fan. I promise these aren't all biased, but this man went on the road to Foxborough one, and you people are still complaining. Look, does he need to stay in the pocket at times? Of course. Is he perfect? No. And I'm not here to tell you that uh, two is the answer to everything wrong with the world. However, he's still more professional than all of you morons. And at the end of the day, we're one and zip and we're leading the division. Shut up. You're all dickheads. Boys, harsh or fair?
1: Fair.
2: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Yeah. All right. We're off to a good start. I'm nervous about these two because you two have talked these down. So I might be alone here. But number two is Aaron Rodgers. Right now, Aaron, me and you, one-on-one time. I don't know why the hell you talk to me, but listen up, son. You've got more money. You've probably made more money off this game alone than I'll make in five years, right? I'll give you that 100%. So, does my opinion qualify? You could argue no, but I'm going to give it anyway, right? You have more MVPs than I'll ever have. You have more Super Bowls than I'll probably ever attend at this point because it doesn't look like we're getting out of COVID anytime soon. But what I don't have, Aaron, at the end of the week in which I have performed at a shit standard is a smug, smart ass attitude about. Half retiring. I thought you'd already retired with two interceptions, Aaron. You were shithouse. As Smithy said, you could have thrown the ball into the dirt and done better. My four-year-old cousin throws dirt and his quarterback rating was better than yours. Aaron, wise up, son. Or get into full retirement and get Jordan Love out there. I'm sick of it. And I know Packers fans that are over it. Shape up, son. Boys. Boys.
1: I think that one's fair. I'm going to give that to you because so. I've, I've I, I'm not awesome. <laughs> I'm not I'm not panicking about Rogers at all, but I I you're right. I didn't like his smug attitude after the game. Uh it looked like he didn't really care and yeah, I think we we didn't touch uh, football today and had a better quarterback rating than him. So disappointing, TD.
2: Yeah, you, you made some good points, Daz, but I think that's unfair. It's, it's one game, and and yeah, you made some good points, but I just feel like he, he deserves a little bit more.
0: Okay. Well, you know, if he delivers next week, then I'll have done my job, so that's fine. Now, number one. Now, I know this is biased because I locked them, but to the Baltimore Ravens right now, I want you to listen. I want you to prick the ears back, and I just want you to let the words come in, absorb, and stay there for a week. Because I swear to God, you led a game in which you led a team that's had one winning season since I was shitting my pants in a kindergarten sandbox, right, that got a five-yard penalty on the goal line in which you got an interception and the ball back and you still lost. I don't give a shit about your injuries. You had it set up for you to just play the clock out and get the win. But when you give the ball up, unluckily, sure, You look at Zay Jones and think, hey, guys, are we still social distancing? Uh, No, guys, the football season started. Man up on him. Get your act together. I swear to God, Baltimore, I love you, and I love Lamar Jackson. But for being the number one dickheads, and this is why the explicit tags on this episode, Baltimore, you can get fucked. (laughs) I'm over it. What
1: do we think? That That one's harsh. There's a lot of emotion in it, so I can understand it. But as an outsider looking in, it's harsh.
0: They've had one yeah, winning season since 2002, the rating. No, <laughs> oh, stop them.
2: Oh, that's, that's definitely harsh, Daz. I, I did see a stat uh, after the game that the Ravens had won 98 straight games uh, dating back to 2004 when they've had a 14-point lead, a um, 14-or-more-point lead. But, yeah, that, that's stiff for you and, and pretty harsh by you as well.
0: Yeah, no, nah, stop them. That's, that's, they just got to be better. We've got to be better. All right. We are just about out of here. I'm feeling better. Uh, TD's feeling good. Smithy's doing shit-ass in the tipping, which is always good. Uh, by the time you guys wake up, if you're listening from Australia, uh, Friday before the uh, the first game begins, you'll be able to listen to our preview. Uh, that'll be coming, and boy, oh, boy, we're going to rip the piss out of that as well. And this uh, review will obviously be coming out uh, well, obviously when you're listening to it, because that's how you're doing. So, which is fantastic. Good work dads for all the NBA fans out there. We are still continuing the content. So, uh, thank you so much for listening in for our last episode, which was our top 10 under 25s. That's going really well. If you know an NBA fan that hasn't listened to it yet, uh, get to that. We're going to stop our uh, grumblings right now. Gentlemen, it's been a genuine pleasure. I'm so happy football's back. I know you're happy football's back. Fingers crossed week two can be even half as enjoyable as this, and it's going to be a cracking season for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Already looking forward to week two. Uh, Don't want the year to go, don't want the season to go by too fast, but uh, I also can't wait for more football on Friday, my Washington football team. So let's do it. TD, any last words?
2: Yeah, I'm sure I'll feel a little better about football when the Cowboys win their first game, which is hopefully this week against uh, Daz's favorite team or second favorite team.
0: That's it. That's going to be a cracker. We can't wait to get stuck into it on Friday morning. All right, Smithy, lead us out because we're out of here.
1: We are out of here, my friend. And for everyone listening, thank you and stay safe.